0: Download it today at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Hunt Stand. Upgrade your arsenal. Welcome to the How to Hunt Deer podcast. This podcast series was designed to educate those who are interested in becoming deer hunters. We cover a variety of topics that will help you become more confident and comfortable in the field while hunting deer. Throughout the United States, you have several different options to choose from when it comes to the weapons that you can use while hunting deer. On this episode of the How to Hunt Deer podcast, the guys discuss the variety of weapons you can use to hunt deer with. They talk about using bows and arrows during the archery seasons, muzzle loaders, rifles and shotguns during the firearm seasons, and even crossbows. The guys dive into the importance of practicing with your weapon well before the season starts and the learning curve that you need to expect depending on the weapon that you choose to hunt with. Another great episode that will have you one step closer to getting out in the field and being a successful deer hunter. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number three uh, of this series. And uh, today we're going to be talking about choosing a weapon to kill or harvest your, your deer with. And, um, this, this episode we were just talking before we started recording could be very long and drawn out, but we're going to keep it very basic for this episode. And we're going to focus it, uh, on, uh, those people who don't have a lot of experience with archery, uh, bow hunting, crossbows, uh, firearms, rifles, shotguns, and, um, uh, and just try to keep it really basic and, and, and to the point. So I'm just going to kick this, uh, kick this off to you, Matt. Um, I know that in, in a past episode you said that you like to take advantage of every single uh, every every single season that there is in New York. How would you recommend somebody going about choosing if they wanted to be a firearm hunter versus an archery hunter?
1: So I think the way I would go about doing that is trying them, you know, going to a place that has, um, assistance somebody that that is like on a range that actually can help you, uh, shoot, but try each implement and see how, how you like it, how you, you how it feels. Um, because certainly practice is going to be a big part of, of anything you choose. We're going to talk about that, but just try them out. Um, also using that knowledge, as we mentioned earlier, that, uh, the more implements you're proficient with, the more hunting you'll be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, uh, a word about difficulty is that if you really do want to maximize your potential of taking deer, um, going with the things that are most efficient at shooting deer at, and giving the, the the best chance and that would probably be a firearm. firearm. Um, knowing Even if you have a little bit of intimidation about shooting a gun, um, knowing that that's going to give you the best chance at, at taking that they're all going to be humane. You can, you can humanely kill a deer with anything that's legal, a uh, right. shotgun, a rifle, a muzzle loader, or a bow. Um, if, if used correctly, um, none of them are going to you know, maim a deer more than another. It's about shot placement, which we'll talk about shooting the deer in the right place in the right location on the body. But I would say, try to think through that process, practice with it, or try them to see if you like it. And then uh, picking the one or multiple implements that uh, that give you the best chance at actually getting a deer.
2: Yeah. And Matt also mentioned efficiency. Um, you need to look at your best opportunity where you're going to hunt. You know, that might dictate what you use, but also based on the efficiency of the, the gun or, or bow that you're using some offer longer seasons, so you may be able to hunt for six weeks with a bow, where you might only have a four-day or a week-long gun season. So it's important to take that into account as well. So it's there, it's opportunity as well as efficiency, and that's kind of how it balances out.
1: And, and the landscape in which you're hunting. So we talked about getting permission and where you're going to hunt in a in a previous episode. Um, if you're hunting in a location that is generally a lot more open, not not a lot of cover. Um, a, a firearm whatever's legally allowed there will increase your chances if you're hunting in a place that's very forested a lot of cover not much open space um, you can use a firearm but most of your shots are going to be a little bit closer so you can try to use use something that might uh, allow for closer shots
0: yeah yeah let's get into a little bit more detail about how to actually choose. Uh, a weapon. And I want to start with firearms because um, although I myself am uh, a bow hunter, I very rarely use a firearm to hunt deer. I, I, I feel like a firearm would give a new hunter the best opportunity to, to kill a deer. Hank, why don't you, uh, you're, you're a gun hunter. Why don't you tell us tell a brand new hunter, share with them how you would go about choosing the right shotgun or rifle or muzzleloader, uh, how to break that down. And uh, because I feel like that could be pretty complicated for someone who may not have any type of firearm background.
2: Sure. So there, there may be regulations that dictate what you can use in your state. And I, I can actually guarantee you there are regulations, but you know, some states based on population disease and stuff, require that you use a muzzleloader or a shotgun or even a rifle that is um, we'll say less efficient downrange you know it, it won't it usually bigger bullets that are going slower so less potential to send that bullet into the next county or whatever um, but some states have requirements to dictate the the type of weapons you can use um, and also like the type of rifle you can use um, also, depending on where you're hunting, if you're if you're in an open area where you have these long range shots, you would use a different rifle than you know if you're only the longest shot you have is 100 yards. But I think it's important for the, the you know the audience to remember most deer are probably still harvested fairly close to the hunter. Don't don't get caught up in your brain that you're going to be shooting long distance. And I wouldn't recommend you shoot long distance at, at deer. Um, but you know. Most states will have a minimum caliber requirement, and you you cannot shoot a deer with a a rimfire. And we we're going to try to stay away from foreign languages for the audience. But you know, a twenty-two long rifle, you know, a nice little plinking or small game rifle is not a deer rifle, and and it's illegal to uh, shoot a deer with that in most states. But a two twenty-three, and often many states is the minimum requirement. Some some a little bigger caliber. But what we're talking about here is the diameter of the bullet is, is usually the number designation. And then um, they have different brass cases that are filled with gunpowder and all that kind of stuff. And we won't get into what makes up bullets. But, um, you know, in these southern states, you can typically use a center fire rifle, bottlenecked cartridge. Um, and, and, and there's a ton of personal preference. Me, for one, um, I think people get caught up in magnum crazes. You don't need a super powerful gun to kill a deer um i like compact rifles i like short action calibers so you know your typical 243s um you know the, all the rage the last couple of years has been the 65 Creedmoor. my favorite deer caliber is a seven millimeter all eight and, and 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 then there's a 308 winchester which are all based on basically not the 65 Creedmoor, but they're all based basically on the same case with different size bullets and very efficient deer cartridges not a lot of kick um, but, but very good deer cartridges. And I mean, everybody has a different personal preference on
1: that. Per, yeah. The personal preference is a huge part of it. M- Hank mentioned a uh, minimum caliber size, which again is the diameter of that bullet and how much powder will be behind it, how much, how much, uh, power is going to be coming out. And, and that, I'll, that has to do with the fact that they, uh, the bullet, when it hits the deer, they want to ensure that it's killing it and it's not just maiming it. Um, so, Anything that's legal in your state is going to, to kill a deer. And right. if it gets too small, uh, especially those smaller diameter ones that he just mentioned, it, it does have the potential to not cause enough damage to the deer that it will kill it and you're just wounding it. So as long as you're meeting those minimum caliber uh, uh, qualifications, which again are going to be in your rules and regulations, I would not get too uh, worried about what, what it, you know, which one you pick. Um, that generally the bigger the caliber, the more powder it takes to move that bullet, the more uh, recoil or kick that gun might have. But as it doesn't really matter as long as you're meeting those minimum qualifications, um, the type of gun doesn't matter as much as being proficient with it. And one of the things that we should talk about on firearms is whether you not, you have open sights or scopes. Um, some people like to have um, open sights, which is, uh, basically, you're just lining up. The top of the gun has a little notch in it, and then at the very end of the barrel, there's a there's a uh, bead that you just line that up so the gun is pointing in the right direction. The, typically, that is used in more uh, settings. That is, there's a lot of cover, um, but honestly, you could put a scope on any firearm and just have the magnification dialed down. Uh, and I don't shoot open sights myself personally, and I shoot, I hunt in a pretty heavily covered area. Um, so I like having a scope on my firearm. It makes me a better hunter, um, because I feel like I can see the target better. So that's what I do is I put scopes on on the, the guns that I hunt with, but you don't have to do that.
0: Yeah. And I will admit that what you guys have just said is even over my head. Really? Yeah. I, I am, I am green when it comes to firearms, calibers, magnums, all that bullets and whatever. Like I'm a, I'm a bow hunter. So what would be a good resource other than, you know, obviously you can go to the, to your state agency's rules and regulations. You can find out what you need, but just because you know what you need doesn't mean that you know where to get it how to use it Um, what are some good resources for someone who is new but wants to use a firearm
2: well first off I want to say that don't think you have to run out and buy all this stuff right finding that local mentor whatever maybe they'll let you use their equipment for the first season borrow a gun you know test it out see how you like it and you can get local knowledge from them but um you know a local outdoor store should have knowledgeable salespeople that can point you in the right direction, recommend, you know, appropriate ammunition for, you know, a rifle that you select. And it's important just briefly that there's different styles of rifles from single shot to like a lever gun like you see in the old westerns. Um, there's bolt-action guns, which you have to work a bolt to reload, which are um, often the most typical deer rifles that we see. And then, of course, auto-loading rifles, Um they work well. They are typically not thought to be as accurate as bolt guns. But most deer hunters traditionally um, probably use a bolt gun today. Um, a lot of lever guns back in the day. Um, but there are different kinds of rifles that you can buy, and, and most of them are legal for deer hunting. Some states don't allow semi-automatic rifles. Yeah. Um, but it's really personal preference again. There's just this this topic, and especially in the in the you know centerfire rifles and even guns there's a lot of variation there's a lot of opportunity and so everybody has their own opinion
1: there's a lot of debate about it as well too about what the perfect but honestly as long as it's meeting those qualifications uh it's good advice go to a especially if you're hunting local um go to a local place to purchase your firearm and talk to the person behind the counter yeah and just like uh, a previous episode, we talked about you know gaining permission. Just go up to the to the uh, counter and say you know I'm a new hunter. Um, I'm interested in potentially purchasing a, a firearm for hunting for, for deer, deer hunting. hunting. Yep. You know I don't need it for personal protection. I I want to deer hunt with this, and, and I'm going to hunt wherever you're going to hunt. You know in this county, in yes. this state. Um, what are the most common firearms? I would ask that question. What are the most fire common firearms that people use around here and ask them questions about what would be some good, if you're potentially going to be a customer, they should want to work with you. And uh, the next step would be actually once you gain some of that information from talking to either a mentor or somebody that might let you use their firearm or the store um, is going to try it out. Some places will have ranges if it's a if it's a place that actually has an indoor range um, that's great because then you can try it right then they let you try different different guns um, if not they they would definitely give you recommendations of where there are ranges within um, the, the local area that you can try the gun once you purchase it i um, think you have any other advice on places to, to try to shoot
2: yeah you know that's something that varies across the landscape, but look for local ranges. They may be, you know, as Matt said, with stores, the, the state agencies build a lot of ranges. And if you can find one of those locally, they can be great. But you need to get out there and practice, get, yeah. get comfortable, figure out how to safely operate, you know, your firearm. Um, but you need to get out there, practice, get comfortable, get proficient. Um, it's part of your duty as a hunter to make sure that, you know, you're you're taking ethical shots and what. But just get comfortable with it. You know, ask, you know, the ranges will have safety officers and stuff typically. So if you have questions, ask them. I think it's important just to note that we at at, at NDA, we've done a lot of surveys of our members. And and one of the questions we asked was, you know, if there was a a new hunter or an aspiring hunter in your area, um, you know, would you be willing to help? And the vast majority of our membership answer yes to that question, mm-hmm. so I think that's a mindset to keep in mind for the audiences. most of these people are willing to help, but you don't get get what you don't ask for, so yeah. just keep asking for help. People will help you, yeah, um, but in any of these, if you're uncomfortable, have questions, ask for help yeah um, it, it's a lot safer to do so
0: absolutely. So when it comes to choosing a weapon, and I think this is kind of our segue into the next topic, which is is going to be archery or crossbows, is the season dictates what type of weapon you can you can use. So and we, we talked about this just briefly in, in, at the beginning of this episode. But if you don't want to sit in cold weather, uh, then maybe uh, like I'll just use Iowa as an example. Uh, I can start bow hunting October 1st. And for most of October, it's beautiful outside. And uh, I can, I can go into the woods. I can sit in my tree stand or, or, a ground blind. I'm not going to get too hot for the most part. I'm not going to get too cold. It's very comfortable. And the, all the way through November, it starts to get a little colder. December, it starts to get a little colder and I still can't use a gun. Other than for one week out of October, I can use a a black powder muzzleloader. Matt, why don't you talk to us a little bit about when shotgun or rifle seasons, and Hank, you can step in uh, to this as well, when they occur uh, throughout the United States uh, as far as a month and maybe the the climate. And I know that's a, a, a hard question because Hank, you're from the south, Uh, you're from the northeast, Matt. I'm from the Midwest, and uh, weather throughout the country can be completely different. Um, So, Matt, why don't you kick it off and talk to us a little bit about when rifle seasons or gun seasons actually occur.
1: Many of the season structures across the, the country are based on deer activity and their vulnerability for harvest and the length of those seasons, whatever the implement is. Um, is extended or shortened based on the number of hunters that are there and how many deer that are going to be taken. So in some states, uh, it, it, well, let me say this. In many areas, the firearm harvest or firearm season is set when deer are in their breeding season because they're most active during daylight during that time, and so they're most vulnerable for harvest. And, again, they're trying to regulate population, so they want to remove remove it um, remove deer, a surplus amount of deer. Um, so it typically is colder. It's usually, usually a colder time of the year or whenever the deer are breeding is when they're, when it is colder. Um, but seasons vary from a few days for firearms, um, to many weeks. Um, we actually, uh, do a survey each year of all the states, um, just recently published the result of this, of how long the different seasons are in each state. Um, in some states, they they stop and restart their firearms season to give the deer a chance to basically uh, uh, have refuge from being shot at. Um, so, all of that is regulated based on how many deer and what types of deer that the state need need to take.
0: Okay,
2: and I mean it can vary as much as um, you know the eastern third of. South Carolina does not designate archery versus anything it's just deer season and you can start hunting with a rifle for bucks starting in August 15th and then for does starting September 15th through January 1 but they have really you know high populations of deer Um, so it it does vary across the country Um, yeah in in Florida you can hunt deer in July I believe but um, most of the Southeastern states come in sometime in, um, September and then we'll run through the end of the year with, with gun seasons that are on average, probably like six weeks in yeah. the Southeastern states. Yeah.
0: And I guess my whole point of that is depending on where you live, if you don't want to struggle with cold weather, uh, then you might want to consider archery, All right. If you're okay with, uh, sitting out in the cold and bundling up, then, a rifle season or a shotgun season will definitely be your best your best bet as far as you know. We talk about the uh, the statistics of you know harvesting an animal, and, and your better chance will more than likely be with a firearm because you can reach out a little bit farther than let's just say with archery equipment.
2: Before we go to archery, I think we kind of missed shotguns and maybe muzzle loaders, so I'll just yeah. say briefly about shotguns um and and one thing to note that if you're purchasing one firearm and you would like to try bird hunting small game hunting deer hunting a shotgun may be your best bet yeah um but some states require you hunt with a shotgun and they may require you use a shot shell and we call it buckshot but it's actually shooting a shot shell of you know a number of pellets at a deer Versus a single projectile out of the end of that shotgun that we call slugs. Yeah. But they may actually say that you can only hunt with buckshot or slugs. And, you know, really there's only, you know, a couple shotgun calibers that are probably appropriate for deer hunting, like 20 gauge and 12 gauge. Um, so that's that's a pretty brief subject. I, I don't think there's a lot. Go ahead, Matt.
1: Well, I, I, one key thing with the difference between muzzle loaders, shotguns, and rifles, all kind of categorized as firearms, is again efficiency. Muzzle loaders are a, a, a firearm that um, older, older traditional, or even if they're, they're more modern, is you pour powder down the barrel and you put the projectile in, you push it in from the end of the muzzle. They typically don't shoot that far. There are more modern muzzleloaders, yeah. but that's out of the three. Um, that is going to be the least distance uh, that you would get. Uh, shotguns are, and muzzleloaders muzzle are not far apart, but again, these are big projectiles, so they're heavy. So when you shoot either muzzleloader or shotgun, they, they drop a little bit faster, That meaning you might get 100, 150, 200 yards at most, and they start to... To, uh, lose momentum and they drop from the point of where you're shooting whereas rifles are smaller projectiles typically so you can shoot further distances so yeah. they kind of go in that order muzzle loaders shotguns rifles in terms of how far you can shoot but again seasons vary sometimes there's early seasons that you can actually a very short weekend where you might be able to shoot a shotgun or a Uh, Muzzle loader sometimes there's later in the year they give that opportunity but generally the rifle uh, is the longer shooting of the three Um, and in most states unless you're in real urban areas or places that have high human density is the is the main season which is where it's cold which is what Dan's talking about
0: right. Hank really quickly. I, I know you do a lot of uh, uh, hunter safety and hunter education type classes and courses. Touch briefly on on uh, firearm safety. I, I think it's important that we touch on this real quick.
2: All right, yeah, I mean it, well, you can't reiterate that enough, but I mean honestly, if you if you follow four basic rules of gun safety, um, you, you can't really make a mistake. Number one, treat every gun as if it's loaded and, and take this to crossbows i mean um, bows aren't kind of pulled back and, and ready to fling like when you cock a crossbow but any of these things you should treat the same way but treat them all as if they're loaded never point them at anything you don't intend uh, to shoot at keep your finger off the trigger till you're ready to shoot um, identify your target and what's beyond it and that's really the biggest thing that i think um, a new hunter or shooter doesn't comprehend. You're responsible for your bullet. <laughs> you know, if you don't hit the target or it goes through the target. If a, if a deer is standing on the top of a hill, you don't know what's over that hill. It might not be in your line of sight. So it, you have to be, um, you have to determine where your bullet's going to go when you pull that trigger, and you're responsible to make sure that that's a safe direction. And then, um, you know, you can't get that bullet back. So just um never ever you know point the gun at anything you do not intend to shoot yeah and if you follow those four things keep it in a safe direction meaning you know keep it pointed at the ground or up in the air but you know don't ever point it in anything you don't intend to shoot if you follow those four directions you you can't have an accident
0: yeah that's a, a good point and lastly um firearms need to be cleaned a specific way. They need to be stored a specific way and without going into any detail, uh, there are a ton. you can go to YouTube and learn how to clean a gun. You can go to uh, your local gun smith or, or gun store and they can teach you or do it for you. Uh, there's a whole bunch of resources on the internet where a guy can learn how to properly clean and properly store a gun. Again, make sure that gun's not loaded all the safety, uh, make sure you have all your safety checks into uh, consideration there. Now, the next weapon uh, is I'm going to throw crossbows and bow and arrows into this, into the same category and not so much a crossbow. You know, we talk about choosing, choosing a weapon uh, and and talking about calibers and, and scopes and all this other stuff. A bow is more of a, uh, a customized fit for a person. You can't just go pick a bow up and use it. A lot of it has to do with physical features, like whether you're a tall person or a short person, or you're strong, or you're, you're not as strong, uh, will determine what kind of bow you, you have to use in order to be efficient with that. So um, Matt, when it comes to like picking a bow and arrow, are there, are there any tips and tricks that a a person needs to know on the, like the proper bow to pick for them? Get measured. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, especially with the vertical bows. So again, the the categories of bows and crossbows, there are traditional bows or long bows that, that don't have wheels or cams on the ends. There are compound bows, which which allow a little bit of let off, meaning when you pull it back, it releases some of the tension or or pressure, so that it makes it a little bit easier to pull it back. And then crossbows are, are uh, kind of a merge between a firearm and a bow, where uh, folks wouldn't know what crossbows look like, but they have a stock to them and they're they're horizontal. Um, for the for the vertical bows, bow, you really do have to get measured. Yeah, it has to do with. Um, how long your um, arm length is, um, and basically when you're holding that bow, uh, the distance between your eye and the end of your hand. Um, so you need somebody to measure, measure yeah. you to get that, that set. And so I would go to a pro shop or, or a place that actually has bows because they're going to uh, take measurements off of your wingspan, uh, you know, your, your arm length. They're going to have you pull back a bow and see where it meets you, and it is customized to, to your shape.
0: Yeah, you're going to need to know uh, two, two terms, I would say, and that is draw length and poundage are the two main terms that uh, an archer is going to need to know. And that's mostly for uh, a compound bow, uh, aside from traditional archery, which is a whole nother uh, can of worms. But I think really when it comes to choosing a bow, it all boils down to going to a pro shop, going to a sporting goods store, those people are trained to identify your needs based off of your size, based off of your strength, and they will help you get into the right bow. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to purchase a bow from them, but what it does is it gives you a specific set of numbers that you need to, like these specs, that you need for your body type Mm -hmm. and that will allow you to be uh, to to get a bow that's going to make you accurate that's going to make you efficient and um then you know there's a whole bunch of other things just like uh, when we talk about firearms we talk about bullets when we talk about archery we talk about arrows right and there is a whole nother uh can of worms that we could go down. We're talking about specific arrows, talking about the broad head that needs to go on the end of that arrow that uh, kills the deer when we shoot it in its vitals, right? Um, but I think a lot of this comes down to uh, when we're talking about archery, whether that's a bow or a crossbow, and firearms is practicing, right? practicing with that weapon so that when it comes time to shoot a deer, you are confident in that equipment and you are accurate and, uh, Because the end goal here when you shoot an animal is to dispatch of it to kill it as quickly and as ethically as humanly possible. We're going to get into shot placement on whitetails here in another uh, another episode. But practice and practice and practice. And that's something that doesn't stop even after 10 or 20 years. You still have to be proficient with your weapon. And that's going to not only give you the best odds in harvesting or killing that deer, but it's going to make you, uh, more confident in, in, in your equipment. And, uh, I think,
1: I think it's safe to say, especially with archery, that is the case. Yes. I, I feel that, um, and I think this is for everybody. Um, you need to practice with archery equipment, uh, as often as you possibly can prior yes. to the season on an annual basis to feel comfortable uh with that the great thing is you can do that anywhere you could you could live in um you know a a housing complex that has lots of houses you can shoot a bow in your backyard yeah um there are there are ranges that have uh, are set up for it but to be safe with uh with it you just you just need to be able to to shoot it in a safe place yeah um
2: so here's and, a question for the group uh, you know uh, for the new hunter listening how long do you think a new hunter would need to practice with a vertical bow? I mean, is it is it a month? Is it three months? Um, you know, the vertical bows do take a lot of practice. You have to you have to kind of get your routine and your technique down. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the the method that you are going to have to practice the most. And and let's be honest, when that first deer is in front of you, you're going to have to stay calm and collected with that vertical yeah. bow more than anything else. So. Um, just just a note and I'll pose it to y'all as a question but um, if you do choose the vertical bow you need there's time invested on the front end before you go afield and and y'all might have more of an idea of what you think that time absolutely
0: so in the first two episodes we've talked about knowing the rules and regulations and we've talked about where to hunt this is happening this isn't a step-by-step type of series right so you don't know the rules and regulations then you don't Know where to hunt. This is something that is all happening at the same time. So as soon as you determine that you want to be a hunter and hunt deer, whether it's firearms or archery, at that moment you need to be you need to start practicing. Whether that's three months before the hunting season starts, or that's one year before the hunting season starts, the more time you have behind a bow and arrow and you're shooting those arrows downrange, whether that's at ten yards or forty yards or whatever you know, whatever range you're shooting, it's important to do it as often as humanly possible Um, because even, even with rifles, there's some muscle memory that comes into play, but that's compounded more with archery. The more you do it, the more your body will go through muscle memory and, and you just become more confident and, and the, the more, the better. So I don't recommend saying one week because I don't feel that one week is enough, but it, I, I would recommend multiple months.
1: Well, listen, it's not an onerous thing. I mean, yeah. I genuinely enjoy shooting my bow Yes, and uh, it's some, it's actually kind of a, a release for me at the end of the day, busy day. I'll go shoot my bow a couple of times. Yes. It just feels good. I have the ability to do that in my backyard. Um, so I I, it's, it's an enjoyable thing. It's not, it's not something that's worked for me. Um, I try to shoot year round, but it's not the case when things get cold and the postseason, things get hung up. And I usually, when, when it gets warm, I'll start shooting again. Yeah. Um, where, where I live anyway. So, uh, it's, it's an enjoyable thing that is always going on in my mind. I always want to shoot my bow. And, and, uh, you know, at this point my kids are even shooting, which makes it even more fun experience. But yeah. Um, One of the things about selecting a bow, you know, marketing does uh, wonders with anything. You know, you you purchase things because it looks cool or I I would say with any any uh, implement, firearm or bow, but particularly with bow, it's got to fit right. You know, so you're going to get measured like Mm -hmm. Dan just talked about. You're going to get, they're going to look at what your draw length is, see how, what your ability is to pull it back, but it's got to feel good. You know, it's got, it's got to feel natural when you pull the bow back and that'll make practicing even more fun. If it doesn't quite feel good, uh, you might not like it as much. And so I, I like pulling my bow back. It feels natural to me.
0: Yeah. And I know that you can't be a bow hunter without being an archer. So practice your archery. It's going to make you a better bow hunter thus giving you more success in the field, whether that's for, you know, filling your freezer with meat or, you know, putting a, a beautiful set of antlers on the wall, whatever your goal is.
2: Well, let me say two things before we move on, on that proficiency or, you know, getting up to speed as an experienced mentor, very often we'll take somebody, you know, with a crossbow or a rifle, assuming that it's a comfortable rifle to shoot and they're not dealing with recoil issues. In a couple hours we can get you proficient mm-hmm. on both of those Yeah. So don't think, Oh my gosh, I'm not ready and I'm listening to this one month before deer season starts. There are ways to oh, be yeah. successful in the field. And and back to kind of what Matt was saying, there there's a lot of variation. There's a lot of marketing in the in the hunting, you know, industry today. Um, but one of the great things that we've seen in the last couple of decades is there's different price points for both rifles. Yes. Shotguns, yes, bows, very important. Um, you know, Matthews is our archery sponsor. They make some of the best bows, and they're expensive. They also have budget brands that are under their yep. brand. You can honestly get a, a very good compound bow today with a ready-to-hunt package, meaning it has sights and, and rests for the arrows and everything for, you know, they might be MSRP for 500 bucks, but it might be $350 in a store. Same with guns. You can get them where they come bore sighted with a scope on it. You know, you can get a, a good gun for less than $500, um, but you can spend a heck of a lot of money on these. Or things less.
0: Uh, yeah. And I'll say it doesn't have to be new equipment. Nope. No, you can get it from Craigslist. You can, or I don't know if Craigslist sells guns, but what I'm getting at is <laughs> no. uh, um, you can get get these this equipment from other places for cheap right right you don't have to have the best of the best
1: what one of the uh enjoyable things about the more challenging implements i call them challenging the ones that don't you know aren't as as efficient you know we walked up and down the continuum of bows to crossbows to muzzle loaders but the the more challenging it is it, it does elevate the satisfaction if you did get it yeah. right like that's one of the the appeals of bow hunting is well i just did that with a bow and arrow yeah. and um when i'm practicing. I'm thinking about that, the challenge. Um, but even practicing is a challenge. You know, yeah. trying to push my shots and putting them in real-world situations or shooting at longer distances, it gets more difficult. And it can be frustrating if you're not uh, doing well, but that's part of, like, the human condition of right. wanting to to, to do to that be challenge, to, do be, to be better. And so with any of these things, whether you choose to be – Uh, on the continuum of one of the more challenging difficult implements to use or the ones that are uh, easier Um, they all they all come with those different obstacles but you do have to practice I've missed deer with all of them (laughs) you know like uh, we all have have. I mean that's part of it and it makes me want to be better so I practice in the off season as much as I as I possibly can. Yep. And, um, one of the things too with the effectiveness and the range um, with with bows. Talk. Let's talk about a little bit about you know what's the average shot somebody might take with a bow versus you said gun earlier. What's the average shot? Probably a hundred yards or less in the country. Um, with a bow, I'm guessing it's probably twenty yards. Yeah. It might be even less than that.
2: Yeah. I think we we someone did that research and the yeah. average archery uh, harvest was sixteen yards. Yeah, sixteen yeah. to eighteen yards. Yeah.
0: Yep yep so wrapping all this up you know closing down this episode I really I really think that there's a ton of resources on this YouTube is a is a master class for places uh, along with uh, You know, the the National Deer Association uh, website has several resources as well. But from experience, I'm the type of guy who if I want to learn something, I'm going to YouTube. YouTube has everything you want to know. Um, about archery about uh, it's you know trying to be accurate with uh, archery tackle archery equipment firearms Um, there there's a wealth of knowledge there again uh, you know we keep we keep talking about rules and regulations know your rules and regulations be safe and practice 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 thanks for listening to today's episode if you want to find out more information and utilize additional resources, visit DeerAssociation.com Hunting 101. There you will find links to the YouTube series, Guide to Successful Deer Hunting eBook, New Hunter Sign-Up Sheets, and Deer Hunting 101 courses. Additionally, you can listen to more outdoor-themed podcasts at Sportsman'sNation.com, on iTunes, or anywhere you download your podcasts.